let's take a look at some cases, some interesting, very interesting cases that have been decided in the Irish courts there in the last week. The first one is one that I've actually covered in a video myself. It's to do with the Domino's pizza drivers. The Supreme Court has decided that after a 13-year dispute about whether Domino's pizza delivery drivers were employees or self-employed contractors, the Supreme Court has now decided that they are employees, that they were employees for tax purposes. Originally, the Revenue Commissioner said they were employees. The High Court agreed with the Revenue Commissioner, agreed with the company rather, and decided that they were um, Sorry, the High Court agreed with the Revenue Commissioners that they were employees. The Court of Appeal overturned the High Court decision and the Court of Appeal decided that the Domino's Pizza drivers were independent contractors. The drivers then appealed this to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court have decided that they are uh, employees for tax purposes. I have a separate video on that Domino's Pizza Driver case uh, on my YouTube channel. You'll find it there if you're interested or if this is something that's of interest to you. Another interesting case was the broadcaster that was accused of engaging in sexual acts with a girl who's 16. He was found not guilty at the Circuit Criminal Court. That was to do with uh, a so-called well-known broadcaster man of 40 years of age there was three counts of sexual assault uh, sexual acts uh, with a 16 year old girl over a decade ago 10 years ago he has been acquitted looking at the case there seemed to be well there was certainly a conflict of evidence between him and what the girl had to say and there was certain inconsistencies i guess so uh, he has been acquitted another interesting case was the finding of uh, guilty against uh, school teacher um, a lady school teacher who uh, was accused of assaulting a male student 38 years ago she was a student teacher at a Dublin secondary school at the time and the gentleman in question the victim is I think around about 50 years of age now but she has been convicted she's a school teacher she's 63 years of age and the jury returned a majority guilty verdict. So that is a sad case with no winners for sure. Very sad case. There's a very interesting case there now uh, being heard at the moment in the Supreme Court. It's to do with a man, John O'Mara, I think he's from Tipperary. He has three children, but he is excluded from the widow's pension, from any widow's pension his partner passed away but remember she was a partner not a spouse not a wife she died in 2021 and this gentleman was with his partner for 20 years before she died he's basically saying that the exclusion of him from any widower's pension is discriminatory and is unconstitutional and he's basically saying that it's based on prejudice and discrimination he has three children. He's appealing the Minister for Social Protection's refusal to grant the pension following the death of his partner, who was his partner for about 20 years, and the children's mother. So that'll be a very interesting case because there would be quite a few people, I believe, in the country in long-term, long-standing relationships 
where they haven't been married and the question then if one of them passes away about a widow's or widower's pension would be very very important to them. The decision in that case now will be interesting, that's a Supreme Court case. Very interestingly the Michael Lynn case, Michael Lynn was a solicitor, he's accused of stealing more than 27 million euros during the boom years. The boom years were the Celtic Tiger years, he was a solicitor this all comes down to solicitors' undertakings to banks. We get loans from banks on behalf of clients uh, to purchase property and so on. And we get give an undertaking to the bank to register a charge to secure the bank's interest in a property. And uh, in this case, Michael Lynn was not just giving the undertakings, but he was also the borrower. So. He was borrowing, he was building properties or investing in properties, uh, speculating himself and uh, he's accused of uh, stealing more than 27 million euros. There was a case, uh, I think a few years ago there, where I believe if memory serves me right, the jury was unable to reach a verdict. So this is actually a retrial. He's a former solicitor and a property investor, he's 55 charged with stealing more than 27 million. The case is expected to last uh, eight weeks and uh, there was a 15 member jury panel that features, or one feature of the case was that Mr. Lynn accepted he had received the money. So that's not in dispute. The Mr. Berry then um, for the prosecution said the case alleged that Mr. Lynn had secured the loans for, from the financial institutions, telling each that the money was to be used to buy particular properties and that the lenders would have a first legal charge against the properties, but this did not prove to be the case. He said one example was concerning a property in Holt called Glen Lyon, against which Mr Lynn secured a mortgage for 4.1 million in April 2007 from the Irish Nationwide Building Society. Then days later he got 3.78 million from ACC Bank and then days later again he got 3.85 million from Bank of Scotland. At the time the guide price for the property in question was 5.5 million. Council told the jury that they should leave any prejudices they had against solicitors or banks outside the courtroom. That could be a difficult ask but that's what they must do nevertheless. He said that jury members might think that banks got off very lightly for what happened during 2006 and 7 and had not been overburdened by humility or gratitude since being bailed out, but such factors had to be left outside the courtroom. He said there were 21 counts in the case, each one of which represented a particular loan. He said theft in Ireland is defined as taking something without the consent of the owner and consent that is obtained through deception is not consent. So at the heart of the allegations, and this is something I'm very familiar with because I do quite a bit of property law against Mr. Lynn, at the heart of the allegations were solicitor's undertakings, where a solicitor gave an undertaking that money being released by a financial institution would be used for the purpose for which it was given out. It would be the prosecution's case that Mr. Lynn did what he did because he was a solicitor and a property investor and knew how the system worked. 
So the judge, jury were told by Judge Martin Nolan that they should not discuss the case with others and should not conduct their own research on electronic devices, etc., etc., etc. It's expected the first witness will give evidence on Thursday morning. That's yesterday morning. So that's expected to run for eight weeks. It'll be interesting. People are uh, interested in uh, solicitors and the legal profession and so on and have particular views. Speaking of the legal profession, there's a law professor there He's accused of a fatal shooting. He's looking to be returned to his 170-acre farm for welfare of livestock. It's a bail condition that he stays away from the farm. This gentleman, senior counsel, uh, Trinity College professor, Dermot Phelan, he's seeking to vary bail conditions to allow him to remain in organic farming at Talla Farm. You may recall this case. It involves the fatal shooting of a gentleman uh, who I think was um, on his land. He found him on his land uh, at Talla. Yes, he's charged with the murder of Keith Conlon um, at Talla on February 2022. Mr. Conlon was seriously injured in the shooting incident and died at Talla University Hospital two days later. Mr. Phelan was charged with Mr. Conlon's murder shortly afterwards and uh, has uh, he had application for bail refused by the High Court but the Court of Appeal overturned that decision and bailed him after two separate bonds of €50,000 were lodged with the Court. There's a trial date of May 29th next year before the Central Criminal Court. This is a fascinating case as well because, like, let's call a spade a spade, this fellow is a Trinity professor, he's a senior counsel and he's accused of murder. He's accused of murder, um, of shooting somebody on his land. Uh, a father of four was the uh, fatality, was the gentleman who was killed. But Mr Phelan has been charged with Mr Conlon's murder and um, that is uh, going to be an interesting case too. And, and it's not too often you see senior counsels accused of murder or indeed any crimes and it's not too often you see Trinity College professors accused of murder or any crimes and that's what you have in this case, you have a combination of both so that will be certainly an interesting one. Finally then there was uh, a case decided there yesterday and this is a fascinating case I think maybe I'm just an anorak and I find these things fascinating but this involves a fella driving on Noelburg. He's 37 years of age. He was driving on the motorway with his uh, arms folded like this. So he's driving with no hands. He's pulled over by the guardie after they saw him driving with no hands. But uh, he thought uh, he was charged then with dangerous driving. And interestingly, Noelburg, um, he's a Tesla owner. He drove with no, no arms or no hands on the M50 with his arms folded. He's been cleared of dangerous driving. The defence accepted he was driving with no hands on the steering wheel. However, he testified that he was monitoring the car's autopilot driver assistance system and he gave an in-depth explanation of how it worked. And I think yeah, he's a mechanical engineer. He works for a firm that develops military products and devices for autonomous vehicles. So this is an area that he'd be fairly familiar with. He was acquitted following a contested hearing. Contested hearing means he pleaded not guilty. He wasn't guilty of dangerous driving. He told the court, or sorry, the Garda prosecuting told the court that he and a colleague were driving on the M50 when he noticed a Tesla car leading, uh, heading northbound near the Ballymun Junction. He said he looked left, uh, two lanes across, and he observed a male. He had his arms folded at the time, high across his chest, quite high, almost to his chin. 
it was quite obvious. So he alerted his colleague that the accused was driving with no hands. He accepted that there was nothing dangerous about the driving, which he described as a bit mechanical. The guard pulled Mr Burke over and asked him what he was doing, and he replied, I was using autopilot. Guard McCluskey then cautioned uh, Mr Burke not to drive without his hands on the steering wheel. So the court heard Mr Burke had no previous convictions, had a clean driving licence and had been driving within the speed limit. Cross-examined by defence counsel, the Garda agreed that the traffic was not very heavy. It was a dry day, good visibility. The Garda accepted nothing about the car's condition caused concern and Mr Burke cooperated. In evidence, Mr Burke said he bought the Tesla in March 2020 and he had a previous automated vehicle. He said that the autopilot had to be engaged and only under acceptable conditions. He explained if another vehicle started to move in uh, to the lines between the lanes, his car would slow to accommodate that vehicle. However, the system, he said, did not respond like a human. So while driving, he paid close attention to the other vehicle's movements and, quote, I tried to monitor that and intervene if necessary. Under cross-examination with the state solicitor, it was put to him that it was unsafe to drive using no hands on a public road. He replied, not with the correct systems, but added that without an automated system to control the car, it would be dangerous. That's kind of self-evident. Asked if, he, if the unexpected happened, would he be able to react as quickly as a person with their hands on the steering wheel? He said, I would be unsure of that. The judge asked him if it would be better to have two hands on the wheel to take control of the vehicle and he answered probably yes. The judge agreed with the defence solicitor that the case law definitions of dangerous drivings said that there had to be a dangerous uh, or a serious direct risk to another person. Now, there was no evidence, remember, in this case of a serious direct risk to another person. Judge Hughes remarked that while he, or while having two hands on the wheel was optimal, he believed the accused was truthful and accepted Mr Burke was monitoring the autopilot system. So that's an interesting one. I wouldn't like to be trying it every day, uh, and I don't have autopilot in my car, but uh, I think I'll stick with the two hands on the steering wheel. Hope you find this roundup interesting and uh, useful. You may be interested in subscribing to my YouTube channel and or you may be interested in listening to my podcast, The Irish Law and Small Business Podcast. Uh, you can listen to it on iTunes or Spotify and if you do, I'd appreciate if you left a review on iTunes or Spotify and um, thanks for listening.